Welcome to The Kingdom is for Everyone. This is your host, Matthew Hester, and this is the place to discuss all things righteousness, peace, and joy. I want to take a moment just to thank our Hester Ministries monthly supporters. You help make this podcast a reality, as well as the many other things we do around the world for the sake of the gospel. Do us a favor, go ahead and like and share this podcast so others can be blessed. As a result, leave us a five-star review. That helps us get in front of more people. Also, do us a favor and go and visit the homepage for this podcast. Go to anchor.fm slash the kingdom for everyone. That's the number four, the kingdom for everyone. We'd also love for you to click on the message tab. Leave us a voice message or a question to feature on an upcoming episode of our podcast. Here at the kingdom is for everyone. We want you to be more than an audience. We want you to be a participant. So we're going to jump right into episode 28. This is part two of the fantastic conversation I had with Pastor Johnny Ova uh, up from Long Island, New York. And we had an amazing conversation that just dealt with so many topics. I pray that uh, our episode last week was a blessing to you. And in this episode, we just keep going. We talk about Present Truth Academy. And as a result of that, we get into some of the study tracks. So we start having a conversation all over the map. We talk about Trinity, we talk about the Gospels, we talk about unity, uh, so many good things. And so I just, I hope that this conversation has been a blessing to you. Uh, And I do want to recommend Johnny Ova's podcast, Dig In. Uh, I know if you go and listen to that, check it out, that you will enjoy that as well. Uh, So before we jump into this conversation, I'm going to take a quick, just 30 second uh, sponsored content break. And and soon we're going to have a new sponsored content break. I I hope you guys uh, haven't gotten just over that. I know it can get laborious just hearing the same ad over and over again, uh, but we're about to finish up with that ad and we're going to start a new one uh, that hopefully will, will gain your attention a little bit more. Um, so on the other side of that sponsored break, we're going to jump immediately into part two of the conversation with Pastor Johnny Ova, and then I'll come back and talk to you again once that conversation, that the part of that conversation is finished up. All right, so we'll take this quick sponsor break and we'll be right back on the other side. Great. So tell me a little bit about your your school and how that got started. Okay. Uh, so Present Truth Academy is is the name of the school. And really, I mean, honestly, it was it was born out of prophetic persecution, is is what happened. I <laughs> I was just not interested uh, in doing it. My dad had had a college for years and it was more the old school approach. You know, you'd have students on campus kind of a thing. And, um, and so, I mean, it was great. Don't get me wrong, but that was the model. And so when I would hear, Hey, you need to start a school. I was like, I, I'm not there. I'm not interested. And so what I tried to do is kind of cheat a little bit. And I started these programs called present truth coaching. And, and honestly, between you and I, well, in your audience, I used the word coaching because it was just a, like a popular word to use. Uh, it, it wasn't, I wasn't actually coaching anybody. I was just introducing these principles, these systems of thought, these ways of understanding the heart and nature of God. And they, they really just kind of blew up. I mean, people were signing up and I was like, oh, people want to hear what, you know, what I have to share. And they're even willing to do it for 10 weeks. Oh my gosh. So then 2019, the heat really started getting applied. And they're like, you know, several of my friends, prophetic voices that I trust, you know, they're like, you need to steward what God has put in your life. You need to start a school. And so I relented to that and we launched February, 2020, right? Where are all my prophetic friends, by the way, with 2020, you know, I'm I'm calling (laughs) you out right now. 
mean, hey, launch a school. By the way, it's going to be hell. Now, nobody said any of that. Uh, you know, there's going to be this global pandemic. Uh, whoa, okay. So we launched in February 2020, and um, man, it's, it's just been amazing. It's been an amazing journey. Uh, we do. Um, my approach is is a topical approach, um, and that's just the way that I like to to teach. I like to go after the depths of one subject matter, and so uh, that's how we do in our study tracks. So we have ten week study tracks. Uh, and they, you know, we've got new ones being added right now. We're actually filming and producing the Sermon on the Mount, uh, a 10 week study on the Constitution of the Kingdom. Um, I think one that you're going through right now, the Gospels, we look at the seven primary things the New Testament identifies as the gospel. Uh, and it's, hey, it's a game changer. You know, guess what? There's nothing in there about, uh, well, a lot of what we call the gospel. It's funny. Right. We, we start preaching the gospel. And we start with bad news. We, right. <laughs> we don't even we don't even know what gospel means. We right. forgot it's good news. We start with yeah. because of sin. Right. And, uh, and probably a big hint, right? If nobody right. thinks it's good news, it's probably right. not good news. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Uh, and so uh, and, and we also have electives that go along with it. Now, one thing that we have shifted in, um, which, again, I just felt the need for it, was this year in particular that we're also wanting the school to be a resource. So I think some people are intimidated by the thought of becoming a student. Um, and so now even that is not necessarily required. We just want you to avail yourself of the resources that are available. So you can go to our website, you can purchase a study track and just go for it. You can go with it. Now, if you do want to be a student, which really is just a little more accountability, uh, there's quiz work and stuff. And we want you to get the quiz work turned in so you can get graded and things like that. Then you're free to do that. But if you don't, well, then that's fine too. Um, but yeah, we, we, it's, it's just been a tremendous journey. And I've had tons of friends help me along the way, amazing guests along the way. Uh, God has really blessed it and uh, continues to bless it. So I'm, I'm humbled it. by it. So what are some, so we got the gospels there. You mentioned the one that you're taping now. What are some of the other uh, courses and uh, that you have on there? So Trinity, Trinity was, uh, is definitely got to be, well, they're all my favorite, but, but Trinity has to be one of my favorites. Um, again, 2019, it really is a two, uh, I took a two year expedition into Trinity um, to me, unfortunately, it's one of the great lost components of the richness of the gospel. Um, it, it had this amazing traction for the first 500 years or so of early church history. The patristic fathers, it was like one of their primary messages. But then I, I don't I don't know how we lost it. Um, at least the focus on it. I mean, you know, you'd have conversations about the Trinity or Right. Now, in, in schools of thought, you talk about the doctrine of Trinity, right. but rarely was it just a commonplace conversation you'd have at church. Um, and, and I really think, and some could argue with me on this, I think maybe William Paul Young is who somehow was able to make it a normal conversation again. People were talking about Trinity again, if you've ever read The Shack. Um, now, now, granted, he took it in a very different approach, and, and part of it stirred up a lot of religious spirit, because we're like, oh my God. You mean tell me God's a woman and, and <laughs> Holy Spirit's a female? You know, uh, it's it's funny. We always, ah, uh, religion always has problem with women. I'm sorry, ladies. Uh, and that's not just Christianity. It, it's it's global religion. Yes. Uh, but it, the church, if anyone should have understood by now that uh, God loves to use women, just just as the same equal footing as men, Christianity should have that down pat. We should we'll just. Give us grace. We're working on it. Um, so, so I think he brought it back to the mainstream. 
and uh, one, one voice that brought it back to the mainstream. And uh, so a dear friend of mine recommended The Divine Dance by Richard Rohr. And uh, I'd never even heard of Richard Rohr before. I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is, but I'll do it on your recommendation. That book changed my life. Hmm. It, it was... I, I don't know how to experience it. It it was it was it was heaven. I mean, honestly, I there were just there were yeah, I, I know I'm stumbling for words here because have you ever been in moments where you're you're receiving something and it's connecting dots that you didn't even know you had? Like mm. you you knew something there should be something here, it, but Oh, there it is. This is filling in that space. Where have I been this whole time? And um, and so it's, it's easily my top five books of all time. Definitely mm. my top book of 2019. And then it's one of those few where when I finished it, I I turned it over and read it again. I read the whole wow. thing through a second time. So that I'm sorry, long story short, no, that, no, no, birth, great. that birth this 10 week study on Trinity. Wow, and um, and 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 honestly, that's probably one of our best sellers. Yeah, I was going to say which one is yeah. was is that one? Of, that's one of your best sellers. That 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 probably that and the Gospels are probably mm-hmm. our two best sellers, and I would venture to say, uh, just from the excitement we've had around the Sermon on the Mount, that that's probably going to be a big deal too, mm-hmm. uh, because you know when you start talking about the greatest sermon ever, yeah. uh, you know there there and, and there's some big stuff in there, man. Yeah, the Beatitudes, Jesus, real time editing scripture. I mean, the Lord's Prayer. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to unpack in all that. Um, we do a study track on the power of unity, which is funny. That's that's the one we got the least response to, which of course. <laughs> I think shows us some of the problems with the church. Um, you know, the whole Psalm 133 narrative, there's a place of command and blessing where brothers dwell together in unity. It's like the oil poured, poured on the head of Aaron, flows down his beard, flows down to the corners of his garments. We miss that. Mm. Um, I say it this way. You are anointed. Everyone listening to this and watching this, hear me right now. I want to speak to you. You are anointed all by yourself. I promise you that. But you are not corporate anointed by yourself. Mm. It's not going to happen. You have to be in a place with your brothers and sisters to experience the corporate anointing. The anointing is in the cluster of grapes. Okay, it really is. And so that's what we do in that 10 weeks. We lean into what that anointing looks like what the power of unity looks like. Um, I think it should be really one of the top subjects the church is talking about. It's, it is the, the truth, I mean, the Lord's Prayer. So you talk about the Lord's Prayer in, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Matthew 6. Um, that's not actually the Lord's Prayer. That is the prayer that the disciples ask, okay, Lord, when we pray, how do we pray? He says, when you pray, you pray this way. So that's not actually his prayer. When, when you guys pray, because I know how y'all like to pray, y'all need to pray this way because y'all y'all ask for all kind of stuff. Y'all <laughs> y'all y'all ask y'all ask out of desperation. How about this? When you pray, let it look like the kingdom manifesting. When you pray, let it look like forgiveness. When you pray, let it look like generosity. Right. So, but when he prays, you go. You have to go into the book of John. And when he prays, Father, I pray that they may be one even as you and I are one. Mm-hmm. So the prayer of Jesus is the prayer of unity. And, and we miss that. And, and, and I just, I, I keep praying, Lord, help us to rediscover the Lord's prayer. Why, why do you think, do you think it's just the doctrinal, because poli- obviously politics plays a huge part in that. 
culture, society plays a huge part in that. Like, do yeah. you think, so what do you say to people? I'm not going to, I'm not going to unify with this. You know, I, I can't unify with that. How could I unify with a, a church who believes this or a church that believes that? What do you say to things like that? Well, um, so <laughs> first of all, we're, we're tr if, let's just say, if you did unify over all these things, is that unity? Is it uh, unity? No, right? I guess not, right? So, so the, the pattern for unity, and this is one of the things we open up in the study track, is um, we actually take our, our base scripture from a place most people probably would not, uh, wouldn't think. We go to the anointing oil in Moses' tabernacle, and we look at all the different ingredients, right? And so what happens, there's this whole section on the art of the apothecary, the God being the apothecary. He takes all the ingredients, and what does he do? He starts to crush them together. Oh, <laughs> so you have the calamus, the myrrh. You have, you have elements that are sweet, elements that are bitter. The unity is an act of sheer will. Unity is an act of self-sacrifice. Unity is preferring your brother above yourself. It's serving one another. Come on. It, it's, it's submitting one to another. So good, man. Right? Wow. And so the hand of God, this unity, if you can receive it, unity is God's got you here, and he starts pressing us into one another. Mm. And at some point, at some point, your bitterness is going to meet some sweetness. Right? You know, if, at some point, your harshness is going to meet something that softens somebody else. Right. And when we're crushed together, it produces an anointing that can't be duplicated. Mm. Right. So yeah, again, we're 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 arguing up the wrong tree. Well, if I can agree with you on this, this, and this, we can walk together in unity. That's not what unity requires. Right. It requires sacrifice. It requires, you know, it, it requires discomfort. It requires, um, well, I guess agape. We keep talking about agape, right. one way love. Um, but I would say now that being said, people say, okay, well, seriously, what do we what do we unite around? You unite <laughs> you you unite around the heart of God. That right. that's it. Yeah. You have to unite around the self-sacrificial nature of who God is. And like it or not, that's what we're called to demonstrate. Yeah. I appreciate and you, you yeah. even going further there because it's one of the issues that I feel dealing with a lot of the new people. Like we say these Christian words and they don't understand what we're saying. Like give it to God. Mm -hmm. right. How? Like, <laughs> right. how? Right. What, what do you mean? What? Like, what am I supposed to do, right? Like, uh, or I'm trying, I'm trying. You know, I think the more that we can get our verbiage down to an understanding uh, so that everybody can understand what we're talking about, um, I think it, that helps. So, yeah, no, that was good with the unity because that's something I've never heard it put that way before, to be honest, which is such tremendous. So get that unity track because I will be getting that unity track. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, but it, it's always like, oh, how do I unify with this? Look at this stuff. Look how they're treating people. Look what they do to people. Look at uh, what they teach. Or look at what they do this. Or this, that. And, well, let's just unify around Jesus. And I, I agree. That concept's great until, you know, 50 people meet with another 50 people. And then, you know, they start arguing and bickering and stuff like that. And now we're not even doing what we're, we're unified to even do. And I, I just yeah. think it's a, it's a fractured body. It's a, it's a fragmented soul. Um, yes. you know, within the body of Christ, that is, it's detrimental because unity is the found really is, you're right. The foundation of everything. Yeah. I mean, now, now I would say there, there, where we are right now, we're still going to be in need of, of someone or, or, or a group of people to help. Uh, I don't want to say referee, cause that sounds like we're, we're waiting for a fight, 
uh, maybe arbitrate or negotiate. I'm I'm always dumping. So, um, so like you said, the, so that the first primary component is just getting together. And for most of us, that's hard enough. Right. Right. That, that's hard enough. But when we do get together, like you said, we, we may start arguing about the things we disagree on this and the other. So right there, we've already lost the plot. So, mm-hmm. so somehow we have to have these healthy environments where we come together and we know what the intention is. The intention is unity, not uniformity, which is different, right? It, we, it's not that we're all look the same, sound the same, think the same, but what can we rally around? And so it, we, we might have to have some people there for, for a little while just to help us keep us on track. Hey, guys, that's not why we're here. We're here to, to see the heart of God. We're here to see, uh, you know, uh, even the word compromise. I know that sounds like heresy. Um, but, um, yeah, we, we've got to do something proactive beyond a pastor's breakfast, right? Yeah. And, and, again, I, I'm, I'm fine with having breakfast, but... <laughs> You know, if you have but, 20 pastors that sit down and all they're there to do is trade business cards, I, I don't feel like that's unity. I, no, I was going to say, what is done, done there? You're right. Yeah. They, they trade resumes, business cards, and then one guy preaches. You know, what yeah. is that? There? Yeah, they teach a word. Great. Yeah. Thanks for the pancakes. So. Appreciate it. Yeah. And yeah. overcooked eggs. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so down with all the pastor breakfast, all right? In the name of Jesus. <laughs> or when you have one, have it have it with purpose. Exactly. Right? No, exactly. Have, some, have some steak in there. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know who actually did a great job at this was Apostle John Eckhart. He used to do these roundtables with Axel, and uh, they were prophetic roundtables, deliverance roundtables, and eschatological roundtables, all on the eschatology aspect of it. And this was great. It was for pastor, pastors, leaders, ministry leaders, and we would meet all over the United States, several of them. It was gaining some good momentum, and John would sit down with Axel. They'd have three microphones there. They'd lay out a concept. And then there would just be a line of people asking a million and a half questions and just questions and questions. And it was so fruitful, in my opinion. It was so fruitful. I mean, we'd be there. It usually be like two hours break, two hours, break, you know, stuff like that. We go three, four, five hours and nobody's leaving. Everybody's listening. Everybody's hearing. Everybody's, you know, I disagree with that take or I, you know, what about this aspect of it? How could we get through this? It was respectful. It was healthy. It was just, you know, why this could go in a million different directions, you know, with, with even Christians having a a, a conversation with a pastor friend of mine. Um, You know, I feel like a lot of these, we don't even know how to have healthy relationships with people. Um, You know, we don't have friends, you know, we don't know how to go out and have fun. Um, You know, we like, we have like three people that we talk to and it's because we're always trying to dictate or control and manipulate some everybody else's life instead of just enjoying their presence and company and being yourself and seeing open doors and being a light in dark places and um, being able to cultivate those relationships to me shows a real good sign of maturity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in that it's a big thing too for our church leaders to try to have people in place that, you know, are liked. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but, yeah. Well, and I, and I think you're onto something there too. I mean, just, just what you said just there in passing was about, having the freedom to be ourselves uh unfortunately the the religious construct so uh, let me just say as we continue in our conversation uh, when i say christianity i'm i'm meaning that with all due respect but when i start talking about religion i'm talking i'm still a lot of people when they hear me say religion it's a lot of it's still gonna look like what they think christianity is right right uh and so um so when we talk about being ourselves religion has, has really figured out this way to not allow any of us to be who we are. 
and uh, and it's all in the name of God. It's in the name of integrity. It's in the name of all these things. And um, and, and while I certainly there's wisdom. I mean, you don't just you just don't let it all hang out. I get that. Uh, but if you feel like you constantly have to hide some something, some part of who you are, that's a problem. Yeah. And uh, and unfortunately, uh, pastors, we we replicate that in our own people. You know, we re- we we replicate in our relationships, our friendships. Is it any wonder why we only have two or three people to talk to? Right. Uh, and that was another big shift for me, kind of with the grace revolution I went through, was um, the Lord just began to show me, listen, I'm I'm going to send people into your life that receive you for who you are, hmm. but it's going to take a little bit of guts on your part because you're going to have to be who you are. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, and you know what? Unfortunately, you do lose some people along the way. Yeah. But looking back, it I it's okay. I, I could yeah. stand to lose them because if right. they bought into a version of me that I couldn't keep up with anyway, well then they're going to be dis- disappointed. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's 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 and the church would be the first place that we're able to do that in our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, should be the first person that we don't have to perform for, right? But we're so quick to talk and backbite and murmur and jump on people when when we see this when people fall. Uh, prominent pastors fall like Christians yeah. go out of their minds yeah. um, instead of praying, being there, being a bridge, being an ear. Like we have no idea what's going on behind closed doors of what led them to decisions, situations and circumstances. Like not everybody's controlled by the devil, right. <laughs> you know, where, right. where they're just being a, a, a string out over here. And that to me brings some of the most biggest um opportunities of deliverance out there when that mm-hmm. genuine true love dude you don't have to walk on eggshell environment takes place yeah yeah well i you know I, i've unfortunately i've been in the position to say it often i might listen i'm not going to talk about my brother or sister oh you know them well i don't know them personally uh and so even that means i don't get to talk about them because mm-hmm. i don't even know them right so but what i do know is we're on the same team so i'm going to pray for them and believe for restoration and recovery of all yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's just we just got to have that decision in our hearts moving forward. And, and we, we do it with the big. We do it with the small. Listen, yep. uh, I, I'm not going to talk about them. Right. Uh, I'm going to pray for them. Now, if you have a grievance with them, let's go together. We'll, we'll go talk to them together. And that's one of the things that I'm big on, even in our local church culture. People know, do not come to me talking about somebody else unless you are willing in that moment to walk with me to that person. So we can go ahead and hash this thing out. I'm yeah. not going to bear your offense, okay? And so let's go make them aware of it and see what we can do. Right. And uh, yeah, we, we just got to be intentional about this stuff. It's, it's not a game we're playing here. I right. mean, we're having fun, but it's not a game, you know? Right, right. Don't, and don't you think that uh, an environment like that would show us to the world a lot better and people would be more excited to be a part of what we're doing? Sure. Sure, I would think so. <laughs> I hope so, right? I saw right. this fascinating study that uh, I'm going to see if I can find it, send it to you. I think you'd like it. They they had, this was like, man, 10 years ago, but it was overseas uh, in, I think, England. They had these marketing companies, complete worldly, uh, non-religious, non-Christian marketing companies were all assigned a church to market. And they gave them two, two, uh, two years, I believe it was the, the project went on two years. Um, and every church blew up. Like, I mean, absolutely exploded, uh, with, uh, with attendance and different activities and different things. 
But when I was reading through like the story, one of the things that had popped out to me, I think you would enjoy reading through this. It was pretty fascinating. But one of the things that that kept popping out to me was the quote by one of the one of the marketing companies. They said the big problem that Christians make is that they always promote Jesus. And what he they mean by that is when you say the name Jesus, everybody has a different image in their head, good and bad. So if you say, hey, Jesus is here, some of us are going to be like, yes, because, you know, those who know Jesus and we're there and other people are like, yeah. you know, don't yeah. like that guy. Um, but they said uh, the problem with Christianity is that too many people promote Jesus instead of the individual acts that make Jesus so special and so valuable. Mm. And I, that really hit home with me, man. I was like, wow, look at that. Even with that, it's these non-believing church, uh, non-believing marketing companies are able to grow a church quicker than the church. And their sole focus was on what did Jesus do and do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That sounds like uh, some revelation right there. Yeah. You know, I mean, the best idea I could come up with, uh, I don't think the show's on now. Uh, so Gordon Ramsay, he's one of my favorite celebrity chefs. Um, uh, just I think he's hilarious. Uh, he used to do this show called Kitchen Nightmares, where he would go in, you know, to a failing it. restaurant. Okay. Um, so um, I said, you know, we should do like church nightmares, oh, where, where you, you bring in these experts and they go in. And they're just like, oh gosh, oh, this is everything from the greeters to the atmosphere to the whatever, and 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 then give you a strategy for rehabbing what you're doing. And I just mm. thought, man, I think that would be an amazing show. Yeah. You know? But. Um, I think most churches would, wouldn't allow you to even come in. They'd disagree yeah. with your assessment. They would, oh, you've lost your mind. There's no way. Uh, I think, anyway. But yeah, I, I love that thought. You know, um, it sounds like what the marketing teams actually discovered or, you know, happened upon was actually the kingdom of God, how the kingdom works, right? right? Um, because what we do <laughs> is we had this tendency, and again, it boggles my mind. We tend to default to, the structure of the kingdom, the the systems of the kingdom, all these things, and we we ignore the benefits of the kingdom, right? Uh, I mean, when, when's the last time, like, let's say the Bahamas, it, it, you you're going to go on vacation, and you're oh man, uh, let's let's see where to go. The commercial pops up, and it's the Bahamas, and they start talking about Parliament and you know how they how they uh, write laws and all these things. Even like that, why would I want to? No, they show <laughs> trees, they show the beach, they show right. they show people drinking mai tais. And you're like, hey, that's where I want to go. Right. And and I think part of it is because most of us, we actually haven't even experienced the benefits of the kingdom. So why would I talk about them? I mean, you know, right. righteousness, peace, and joy. I'm depressed. My wife hates <laughs> it. Why, why would I talk about the kingdom? Uh, so let's just talk about somebody who was perfect. And let's try to see if people might be attracted to him. Right. Uh, no, I, I get what you're saying. No, no, you're right. It's funny. It's like, hey, uh, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can be miserable just like me. Right? Yeah, right. No, 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 just like me. It might be better for you. I mean, maybe. Uh, just, just pray. <laughs> just pray this prayer, please. Yeah, right. I fill out this card so I can give it to my church on Sunday, please. <laughs> right. Too funny, man. Too funny. My buddy, uh, Jason Moore. You know, Jason, he does something similar today. That's actually one of his like things he does. It's not a, uh, like a whole restore, like kitchen nightmare, but he does like a church, uh, secret, uh, like secret shopper. Like he oh, nice. visits, he has like this whole chart. He's really funny. Great speaker too. Um, but he goes through the whole, uh, um, uh, he goes through like the whole thing to your greeters. He sits in the back. Would he feel welcome? He fills it out and just kind of sends it to you and you just kind of do what you want with it. Nice. But uh, I heard him speak at um, a conference in Atlanta 
and he uh he he takes he took all these pictures of like you probably want to double check these it's almost like like the signage was off and it said something that you didn't want it to say and stuff and <laughs> it was so funny man he had the whole place was laughing hysterical it was really good he's a really good teacher but uh that's yeah, awesome sounds, so sounds somebody, awesome. somebody's thinking along the same lines yeah yeah, it's like because we're in it, right? It's like what is that experience, you know, that these other people are are facing? So, yeah. But, um, so what? Let me ask you this: as we, We're going to wrap up and wind down a little bit here. Um, what if you had to put one verse that has impacted your life the most? What would it be, or a story? Hmm. And not Jesus wept. That that's it. You can't do that. <laughs> hey, that shows us that he was human. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> well. Single verse is hard. Can I can I do a yeah yep segment of verses? Yeah, absolutely. Um it's it's gonna be first John four. First John four. Um, and again, that shouldn't come as a surprise. Now we're circling back to the character and nature of God. Right. Um so beloved, let us love one another. If we're if we're not careful. When we're, when we're very familiar with verses, we tend to read through them and skip over some pretty profound stuff. I love how the the way that the reader is being communicated to, identity is released at that, that very much beloved. So to to even understand the true love of God, you have to know you're loved. So beloved, let us love one another. For everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He that doesn't love doesn't know God because God is love. So, I mean, you, there's so much to unpack. Right. <laughs> so, so, first of all, my capacity to love others is rooted in a revelation of his love and knowing that I am loved. That's, that's the first thing, right? It gives me the capacity to truly love others so trying to love others, I believe, without this revelation is, is very difficult. Mm. But then when you discover God is love, that to me, that is like, that's a punch. That's a punch to dispensationalism. It's a punch to some of our Dante's Inferno, Paradise Lost, Hell construct that we've somehow built in the evangelical world. I know I just said a mouthful there. Uh, for any of you guys that are still in that dispensational world, first of all, I love you because you know we've all we've all come through some stuff. God loves us where we are, but the the bulk of the evangelical hell that that is preached is Dante's Inferno and it's Milton's Paradise Lost. Um, there, there's no there's no scripture to support it, and you don't even have to be a serious scholar of scripture to to, to understand that. Really, anyway, I digress. So, God is love. Love is not something God simply does. Love is who God is. Mm. Or I like to say it this way. Love is the God stuff. That's what I like to say. So if we can unwrap that more, you can't have an authentic encounter with God and not feel loved. And the inverse is true. You can't have an authentic encounter with love and not have an encounter with God. And then it, it continues to open up. Really, the whole chapter, I would encourage you to go and read it and meditate on it that whole chapter because you, then you start getting into fear right we we love because he first loved us and then it starts talking about um there is no fear in god there's no fear in love because 
perfect love cast out fear. Why? Because fear has to do with punishment. Hello, right? A lot of what we preach is you, you either get right or God's going to punish you. That's right. problematic. Because since God is pure love and perfect love cast out fear, how can God be love and use fear at the same time? Hmm. That also shows why we have made our job so difficult. Because in the Western gospel, we use fear to get people to have an encounter with Jesus. And as soon as they encounter Jesus, perfect love cast out the fear we used to bring the, the encounter. And so is it any wonder right. people look at us and say, man, these people are not, these people are right. walking I love Jesus, but these people are messed up, right? right? And so um, for me, I probably preach first John four, I'll probably preach out of first John four more in the last five years than any other verses. Amazing. Um, because I really feel like there's, there's some power there, man. It's good yeah. stuff. All right. I pray that you enjoyed that time. I, I so enjoyed spending the time with Johnny. And we're going to have one more episode for, for this conversation to wrap up next week. So you don't want to miss part three. You want to catch the whole conversation because it is all so good and so rich. Uh, we, you can just kind of be a fly on the wall, so to speak, and listen to us talk and, and, and hash some things out. Even there, just letting Revelation kind of take its course and, and bring it to the table. It was such an honor and a pleasure to do that podcast with Johnny. Uh, so I just want to remind you of a couple of things before we finish up today. Uh, just go check out our websites. If you haven't had a chance to yet, go to HesterMinistries.org. Lots of things you can figure out how to do there. Also, please prayerfully consider joining us, being a partner with us. Right now, our uh, annual budget we have about 18 to 19% of that come in through our monthly supporters. So we certainly would love to see that increase and would love for you to be a part of that. Uh, also go to presenttruthacademy.org. We have our brand new primary study track, the Sermon on the Mount. It is now in full swing. You don't want to miss it. It will be a blessing to you. Um, also, uh, go to my church website, uh, dominionchurch.net. We'd love for you to come. If you're ever in the upstate of South Carolina, we'd love for you to come be a one, part of one of our corporate gatherings. Um, we also are all over Facebook. We're on Instagram. So just find us, connect, plug in. We would love to uh, be, be, be your friend and uh, to, to bless you in whatever ways we possibly can. Uh, and so remember, make sure to like and share this. Uh, share it with your friends. Word of mouth is a huge uh, force to help us reach more people. We could not do it without your help. All right, well, God bless you. Have an amazing week. And I want to remind you of this before we close out. If the kingdom isn't for everyone, well, then it's not for anyone. God bless you.